what are you doing and what's your advice on being able to like have a health span and a lifespan, not just age out? So we got to break it down, right? So movement and then like biohacking stuff and then like supplements. So as far as like movement, yes, obviously you need to work out um, to build you know, skeletal muscle, you need that. Why is that important? Because as you get older, people die when they fall. Mm-hmm. And it sounds dumb for a young person because like young people fall all the time. It's like, whatever, like, why would I die if I fell? But as you get older and more brittle, if you break your hip, you can't move anymore. Your blood doesn't circulate. And now you have a whole ho- It's good to see you again, Justin. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Of course, of course. How can I, uh, how could I say no? No, it's always great when you have like a good rapport and then you can, you know, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Um, how's the episode doing? Yeah, the episode's doing great. We love uh, we love getting back scratches over here at the <laughs> uh, Caviar Estate. So, um, uh, so yeah, it's definitely good when you can have a great guest and then also go on their podcast as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I was looking over your podcast and you're kind of, I feel like we're very similar. We have a wide range of guests and topics and it kind of goes all over the place. But one of the things that you seemed hyper focused on was what we talked about last time we spoke, which was becoming limitless. So I wanted to ask what that meant for you. And then we can kind of go from there. Yeah. I mean, so like in my Instagram, it says, trying to become Bradley Cooper in Limitless. Uh, obviously, that's somewhat unrealistic at this point until we have some type of device like Neuralink or some type of pharmaceutical drug or we're integrated with technology. But yeah, I mean, just being the to be as, sim- as simple as possible, just becoming the best version of yourself, right? You know, gr- growing up, I always wanted to be the guy, whatever, you know, you I wanted to identify as the guy. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and I still do. Yeah, it's never, it's never left. It keeps me going. Have you heard, um, I wish I pulled up this medicine cause you brought up medication. Do you follow Dave Asprey at all? Yes. So there's this medication and I think the, what it's prescribed typically for is narcolepsy. Yeah. It's pro pro vigil. Okay. Yeah. Have you tried that or have you ha- talked to people that have tried that? Yeah, so I've tried it for sure. Um, in the biohacking space, everyone I think has tried it. I know people that do it periodically. I know people that do it every day. Um, it's interesting. It's a very interesting drug. Can you describe it? Is it like is it an exaggeration when people call it the limitless pill or hundred um, percent? Oh, it is. Yeah, it just keeps you awake. Oh, okay. Well, that's it's not a wakefulness right. agent. Yeah. Oh, okay, I I didn't know if it helps with um, learning or memorization. Um, Not that I know of. Yeah, I don't don't know any studies that have increased learning retention, but it does keep you awake. Have you ever, maybe you had like 12 hours sleep, you had like a really super deep sleep and then you drank an espresso and before you got too like cracked out, you were just awake. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's how you feel on ProVigil, but you feel like that for like 14 hours. Oh, wow. Okay, so it sounds Kind of like if you were to take like an Adderall or something, just like gives you Adderall without the euphoric feeling. So like when people take Adderall or any type of amphetamines, you get this heightened sense of motivation and drive and and wanting to uh, wanted to basically like be a conqueror, right? Like you want to just get more stuff done. And it's similar to testosterone too. People that do high TRT or steroids mm-hmm. also get this sense of euphoria. Mm-hmm. ProVigil doesn't really have that. It just keeps you, it literally just like keeps you awake and it keeps you awake for a long period of time. So 
you have to be careful when timing your sleep with your circadian rhythm. Mm, that's interesting. Um, I'm, gl- I'm glad that you touched on testosterone. I don't even have that written down anywhere on my my outline, but um, very important for men. So important. So what's scary to me? I'm a mom of two boys, so that's my universe. I'm always trying to digest a bunch of content and how I can make them like the happiest, healthiest, safest as possible. Um, like you know, my job is their parent. Right. Mm-hmm. I hear so many horrifying stories of boys that are in high school that are doing tea. And yeah. that makes me so nervous because like you said, it creates the sense of euphoria. So then you think you're doing something good. But I don't think what these boys realize is like once you start, you kind of have – you just like shoot your natural testosterone. Like you, it will never be the same again. If you want kids, you could have affected that. So I don't know if like you see a yeah. lot of like young male listeners on your end that are asking about this or um, like maybe experiences through friends on testosterone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Testosterone is, is a vital hormone with men and women, but primarily with with men. But testosterone, like Andrew Huberman says it, makes effort feel good. So obviously, you know, you don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to figure out why that's important for men, you know, or else something would get done. So I think women actually have a better sense of that because women can get stuff done and feel good about it without, with like low testosterone or even girls that are on birth control, which basically is like female castration and they could still get stuff done, which I think women have more, they have different hormones that, that push out output and motivation. Whereas in men, if their testosterone is in the gutter, it's very, very bad for their psyche. Um, you know, just sense of well-being, motivation, drive, it's terrible. Guys that are doing testosterone in their high school days, early college days, early 20s, it's not necessarily that you ruin yourself forever, right? You could theoretically take HCG, which is basically an injection that stimulates it it's like glutenizing hormones. So it, t- it tells basically in very simple terms, the signal to your brain, to your testicles to keep going. So when you take exogenous testosterone, so outside source being exogenous, and you inject it, your testicles, which is what produces testosterone says, Oh, we're good. And they atrophy. They literally become like little tiny peanuts and because you're injecting it. So they don't have a purpose. Right. And the body has this thing about hormesis and hormesis is where the body doesn't want to be too excited, but it doesn't want to be too down. So it wants to be balanced. Right. That's why if anyone's ever taken Molly or, or taking a lot of Adderall the next day, you feel like dog shit because your body's down regulating the good feeling and vice versa. If you're really depressed, your body will upregulate to be in the center, which is called hormesis. That's what your body, your body wants to just stay alive. It doesn't care if you're happy, just, just stay alive. Um, what, what happens is when when you take an exogenous amount of testosterone, your natural system goes, okay, we're good. We don't want to keep producing more. Now you can take TRT with HCG and you can keep your testicles from atrophying and they'll decrease maybe half the size. So that will help you if you are on testosterone or steroids and you want to get your wife or a girlfriend pregnant, um, if you're having like fertility issues, but yeah, it's not good at, uh, by any chance if you don't have low tests. Now, however, I've seen guys in high school that in this it could be due to a brain injury because people that are concussed, fighters, football players, they'll have extremely low teeth and they're trying to correlate it with concussions. Also, if you get literally like kicked in the nuts a bunch of times, you can, you can mess something up. So I've heard stories of kids that are 18, 20, 21, that their test levels are like 200 and they're young. So they'll get, they'll get on TRT because they're still in the develop 
the development stage. And I do think it's very important for those kids to jump on that. That's why, and we can get into this, um, being proactive with your health and getting your blood work done every three, three months. I just got my blood work done, um, two weeks ago. I get my blood work done every three months. I do a full panel, mineral test, everything, vitamins, everything, a red blood cell count, white, everything. And, uh, and I do think it's very important that people stay on top of that, but yes, just as simple as possible. You don't want to just aimlessly inject yourself with testosterone. You want to go to an actual physician and get your levels tested. And there might be an issue just genetically chances are no. Um, and you should stay away from that as long as possible. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and then what was interesting enough too is, I was reading that testosterone levels have been dropping like 50% and mm. each year they just um it, that number just gets kind of compounds and compounds yeah. and compounds and a lot of it's due to like the phthalates and plastics and yes. you're like holy shit yeah. is that reversible right like how long does that take to come out of your system because a lot of the damage is done in utero because like the mom might not have known or she was carrying it from when she was um, and when she was in utero, like all of these things kind of are cross generational. So it's how long does it take to detox from your individual body? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a difficult question, right? Because uh, you would have to have like a double blind placebo test and you'd have a, have a group of individuals that don't drink out of plastic, don't microwave their food. Um, no one's paying that much attention unless you're doing a controlled study. So I don't even know if they have those studies even available like on PubMed or, or um, any type of, uh, you know, backed pu publication site that is like credible, right? PubMed is, you know, there's a holy grail. If you want to look something up, go to PubMed. They have studies from the twenties up there. So yeah, micro it's called phthalates. Yeah. Like you said, microplastics. And you know, what's crazy is they dropped the test range, right? So like when you get your blood work done with anything, it, it could be your kidney function. It could be your red blood cell count, whatever. They give you a range of what's considered normal, right? Your blood pressure, whatever. And the low to high end, so anything under 400 and anything up to 900 is considered like good, depending on your age. Well, my father and my grandparents' generation was 200 points higher. They literally dropped the scale from my from my father's age. They dropped the scale from 1,000 to 900 now. Whoa. Yeah. And like you've heard with the, the professor that talked about phthalates out of Harvard, that the anus, so your anal, the men's anus is actually shrinking. So from your testicles to literally your asshole is like shrinking distance, which you're like, okay, well, who cares? Well, yeah, it doesn't necessarily matter about the distance, but it's the matter of, of the test levels dropping and that's due to development issues. So it's very serious stuff. Like you, you don't, as, it's more serious when you're growing up it's more serious when you're in utero. I think uh, if any if anyone's pregnant or wants to become pregnant uh, and they want to serve their child the best, look up Dr. Rhonda Patrick, and she talks about everything that she did with her kids. Um, and it's very important about what you eat. It's also very important about what the what the male sperm is. If you're a guy smoking cigarettes, drinking beer, don't think that sperm is sperm. Like your sperm ha is there's a different level of quality depending on what you're drinking, what you're eating, you know, are you, are you eating tons of sugar? Are you insulin insensitive? Like these are all different things. And, you know, subconsciously, that's why women like guys that are in shape, right? Women like guys that are in shape on the surface because they're hot. Uh, these guys are shredded and all this stuff, but why don't we like fat guys? Well, because that's not a good, uh, 
that's not someone that's good for offspring, you know, and that's because the healthier the man is, the healthier the sperm is, and then vice versa with the women, right? And he's also not going to be able to protect you against a saber-toothed tiger or probably exactly. build you build you a exactly. home, all of those things that you would have needed back in the day. Exactly. Like, why do we like tall – well, I'm not – I don't like guys, but why do girls like tall guys, right? Like, it doesn't matter. We have ladders. <laughs> why, why is that? It's because those guys – theoretically in in past history were able to protect us because they're bigger they take up more space so it's it's a we're, we're fighting you know genetics and evolution and what we think is attractive is it is attractive but it's attractive because of science you know what's interesting when it comes to attraction I, i'm sure you've probably heard this but with women that are on birth control, it actually yeah. affects the way that you can um, receive pheromones from a partner. So pheromones are a really good like indicator whether or not someone's a good match for you. And it's something you obviously don't even know that you're smelling. It's like not even on your conscious radar, but it helps kind of filter out good mate, bad mate. That superpower completely goes away when you're on birth control. And then some people say that's why you end up with so many um, like toxic relationships because you don't have this biological kind of barometer that's saying like, ding, 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 like he's the right one. So everything kind of goes gray. And I thought that was fascinating. and interestingly enough, when I stopped birth control, like my type changed. The guy I was with, I was like, "What am I doing?" All of these things, and I know a lot of other it does women. Make an effect. It does yeah, like, a huge effect. Like it's kind of unfair to women, to be honest. Like women are naturally more responsible than men in in general. Like I have female employees and I have male employees, and the male employees there'll be shit everywhere, papers everywhere, everything's unorganized. Did you send this? Women are like organized. It smells good. Everything's sent on time. So we can't trust men to take male birth control pill, even if you could figure that out. But I, I do think that with women, um, it's kind of fucked up if you think about it. It's literally like hormone castration. Birth control pills literally tell your body you're pregnant forever. And I know women that have been on birth control for 20, 30 years. So that means that you're you're signaling to your body from an exogenous pharmaceutical drug that you're pregnant for 30 years. And that kills your libido, that kills everything and completely screws up with your hormones, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because I heard, I did look into that and women that are on birth control tend to like more beta males. Yeah, more yes males. Men. Mm-hmm. And then when they get off, they're like, why am I dating this, you know? Yeah, uh, you know, this soft dude, quote unquote. I was gonna say something else, but why are they dating this guy that's not, you know, a real man? And when girls are off birth control, they want more of that aggressive alpha guy to protect your young, right? Like, what, like your priorities yeah. shift because now you can become pregnant instead of your body thinking you're pregnant. I saw a huge difference in myself with uh, some of my ex girlfriends. They were on birth control, and you know, I'm a very, you know, I look like pre much of meathead and i'm a very alpha i think alpha motivated driven guy like i'm depending on who i'm talking to i you might get a little offended if we're talking but i'm gonna keep it real and i'll always have your back um and i've had literally ex-girlfriends that were on birth control they got off birth control or they were on birth control and they'd be like oh why'd you say that you're being a dick this and that and then they got off birth control now they thought that was hot Hmm. the strangest thing that is really interesting Um, With the male birth control, I actually heard that when they were trying to push it through, the men were reading 
or being disclosed the side effects and they were like, fuck that. I'm not going to take it, which is so interesting because we give yeah. this to girls that are so young. Usually, you know, as soon as they get their period. So like could be as young as like 12, 13. They have no idea the side effects. Like the stroke is literally listed on there. And then recent studies have been linking it to autoimmune deficiencies, inflammation, um, long-term chronic issues. And I mean, I don't know cause and effect for me personally. I know I have multiple autoimmune issues and I got on birth control at yeah. a very young age for like, quote, clear skin because that's how they were promoting it back in the day. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Cut off your hormones and I know, uh, no, you have nice skin. Right. Like, no, your body knows what it's going to do. Change your diet and it's going to be normal to have your skin wrecked during puberty because that's like a weird stage for everybody. You just got to wait it out. Um, but no one knew that. Or I guess like, I guess we're ignorant to those to those facts. Um, so yeah, I wish I I had made different choices back in the day for my own health. But even with men, right? Let's say we had a male birth control pill. Let's say it was perfect. It was foolproof. Men would screw it up. I don't know if that's true. I I feel like my husband is is a thousand times better at um, habit forming than me. Well, there's always exceptions to the rule, right? But how many women do their makeup every day? How many women get their hair done? How many women get their nails done? How many women do skincare routines? I have a hair company we do for guys that are losing their hair. You spray it on. It's tretinoin, um, anoxo. It's a bunch of stuff. It's called Hairhead MD. Good luck getting a guy to spend $100 on their hair, which hair is like vitally important for men. Like hair is one of the most important things. It's like muscle, hair, money, and height. Like you need hair. And you would be surprised like, oh, I have to do this every day. So you know, I love men. Obviously, I'm a dude. I'm a I'm a bro. I have a brotherhood with some of my best friends. I would die for them, but I keep it real. <laughs> men are not responsible with doing daily shit. Mm. Yeah, obviously, there's exceptions to the rule. There's going to be sloppy girls, and there's going to be sloppy guys, and there's going to be guys that are on point, and there's, there's going to be girls that are on point. But in majority of the cases, and I know this hand 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 in hand because I sell men products. Men are difficult. Where women, it's like, oh yeah, that's like normal. They have like a 14 step skin routine to go to sleep. So do you think like a guy would do a version of an IUD? Because I honestly think once they saw that like three page or not three page, probably like 15 page booklet of possible side effects, they'd be like, absolutely not. How is this Uh, on market? um, Yeah, I think it depends on what it is, but that would be the only hope Mm -hmm. is, is if like you just like set it and forget it. So what are your other companies? You seem like a guy that has multiple things going on. Yeah, so we have a PR company. Um, which I saw is, that. Uh, yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, and then I merged with another company. So now we have like one company um, and then the podcast. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, back to what we were saying before is guys with different drugs, make sure you're getting your blood work done. Make sure you're not overdoing something and not winging it. A lot of these guys that I know, these bro science guys, they just wing shit. Mm-hmm. And it's the worst thing in the world. And you could potentially make yourself sterile. So if you plan on having kids ever, be aware that you can't just start injecting something to, you know, get, you know, grow a bigger, you know, a bigger physique to get more women at the time when you're 20, because when you're 40, you're going to screw yourself or th- even 30. Yeah. And I would say even if you think you don't want them, unless you're older and married and you found your, you know, your wife or your, your life partner and you absolutely know that's off the table, I would leave room for possibility because so many times, yeah. like young people, a lot of them don't want kids, right? Like you're in a selfish stage of life and you want to go on adventures and yeah. find yourself and all of yeah. that cliche stuff. But later in life, you're like, no, I really want something to kind of anchor me down. 
No, for sure. You know, what's interesting is, so I got my blood work done a couple weeks ago and I get it done every three months, like I said. And the interesting thing is I was this close. I was ready. I was looking for a reason to get on testosterone. One, I'll, I'll put the, the upsides to testosterone. Upsides to taking testosterone responsibly is no matter what I eat, if I eat a donut, if I go in the sauna and, um, and I'm overheated, if I get two hours of sleep or 12 hours of sleep or one hour of sleep or I pull an all-nighter, when I'm manually injecting tests, it stays the same. So I can stay at 1,000 total tests forever and it doesn't matter about my daily lifetime habits. Now, I always, I always uh, preach to people: you want to have a good routine, you want to live, you want to live and have healthy lifestyle habits, right? But if you go out on a Friday night and then you wake up the next morning, and watch college football, and you get four hours of sleep, and maybe you had some chicken wings, and or maybe that ice cream, you you meet a girl, and oh, come on, Billy, let's go get ice cream, and then you go get ice cream. Okay, great, that's amazing. However, if you were to take your blood work right there after you ate ice cream and got two hours of sleep which normally most guys are like 600, anywhere from five to 700. Like if you took your blood in that very second, you would be at like two, 300 because it, it will kill it. When you take exogenous testosterone, which is manually injecting testosterone, doesn't matter what you eat. It's just staying the same. Mm-hmm. So that was my one thing. And then I always go, well, look at the rock, bro. You know, the, the rock's crushing it. You want to be, how bad do you want to be Batman? And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so that was one of the things. So I, so I got my blood work results. My total test was 730, and, and which is like high for my age. I'm 31. Uh, and I was like, oh, man, you know, I really, I, I still want to do it, uh, even though I don't technically qualify for it, but you can always just get it. Like these TRT clinics, they'll prescribe it to anyone. It's pretty bad, actually, but that's the that's where we're at. Um, so I didn't. So now I'm just taking some test boosters. Uh, my free is, was actually a bit lower. So so there's total tests and free tests. Total is what your body produces. Free is what your body utilizes. So I know guys that have 900 total, but they have an extremely low free and they're not utilizing it and they have symptoms of low T. Mm-hmm. So my free uh, used to be 25 at a, and top, t- top is 27. So I was utilizing all of it. And two weeks ago, it was like 20. So I started taking a DHEA supplement and then I started taking uh, Fagogia Agressis and Tuncat Ali to increase total numbers and, and free up more uh, free up more testosterone so you can get it actually into the bloodstream. Um, cause that's really what you're utilizing is your free test, not your total. Um, but, but theoretically you want both. So I was really close, but I didn't. Yeah. I think if you can hold off, it's like, try ex like exhaust all other efforts first and then, yeah. and then take out the big I, guns. I know, but come on, Candace, I want to max out. Oh my, you have plenty of time. You're so young. You're so young. Your levels sound great. I think, um, be a good example. You can, know, be, you know, can be Batman on your own. <laughs> I believe in you. I'm just saying besides Robert Pattinson, every Batman was probably do- taking something. Yeah. Yeah. I think he probably even was for that. He got pretty big for what he typically is. I was surprised. Yeah, he's, a, he's a pretty scrawny dude mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, but he did get a little bit bigger, but like Christian Bale, oh my God, that guy. A beast. He He's was the best beast. Batman. By far. The best Batman. I don't know how you go from that close. to Robert Pattinson. That was a Not terrible Batman, by the way. Did you like the movie? I didn't. And and uh, I heard a lot of people did like it. And Trash. So my favorite. Yeah. So my favorite villain for uh, Batman is the Riddler because he's like an enigma. He's smart. He sets puzzles. And that's kind of, you know, 
that's kind of like what I'm into. I'm, um, believe it or not, as big as a meathead that I look, I'm actually like a hardcore nerd. Uh, so the Riddler is my favorite, but it is like this guy and, and that guy was cast in some weird like movies prior. So I kind of already had like a thing about him. So yeah, I wasn't a big fan of it. I did like the Batmobile though. That was pretty badass. Mm-hmm. No, I thought the same thing. I was like the Riddler wasn't cast right. No yeah. one was cast. I mean, um, Zoe Kravitz, I think she can do no She wrong. was good. I love her so much. I think she, she was, was good. stunning, but she's the only reason I watched it. She was a beast. Oh, yeah. I oh, the to penguin. See her cat too. The penguin. Uh, Colin Farrell. That was the best. That might have been the best casting of all time. Like, if you, like, the penguin, that character was pr- perfect. The Riddler was terrible, and Batman was not as good. I, I think I've seen worse, Ben Affleck. <clears throat> but, uh, <laughs> but the Riddler was terrible. Batman was whatever. But man, the penguin was spot on. It was so funny because no one believed that that was actually Colin Farrell. Like they did such a good job at no, transforming. Why he was him. so amazing? It was it was it was amazing. So hats off to whoever casted Colin Farrell. Yeah, you did something right. You got two two characters. You did well. Yeah, I have my coffee mug right here. Here, shout out if you guys don't believe me. Let's go. <laughs> you should make that some of your merch. How bad do you want to be Batman? I know. I How would bad buy one. <laughs> I'd buy. I'd buy a hoodie for sure. <laughs> well, if I make one, I'll send it to you. So, um, do you have a longevity protocol at all? Like how? Like what are you? It sounds like you're doing your labs, which is step one, and that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I do mine probably like twice a year because I have like some thyroid stuff that I have to stay on top of as well. So I'm doing that, and I'm actually on a wait list for a longevity clinic, which is super super long. So hopefully. Um, I'm ready for when my name gets called because that sounds fascinating to me. But I know movement is a huge factor that a lot of people underutilize or maybe they tackle it from the wrong angle. So it's whether you're a man or a woman, lifting heavy things is very important for bone density. And then things like functional movement, being able to get off of the ground without using your hands and like what Peter Atia calls is like back casting. So look at yourself at 90 years old and like, what do you want to be able to do? Do you want to be able to go on the floor with your kids, um, go for walks independently, that kind of stuff. So like, what are you doing and what's your advice on um, being able to like have a health span and a lifespan, not just age out? No, for sure. Yeah. And Peter T is, he's amazing. Um, one of my best friends, Dom Diagostino is best friends with him. Uh, did you watch the Chris Hemsworth Limitless on Disney plus? It's on my, on my wish list. Yeah. yeah I definitely want to watch it. Pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Uh, he also says that hangs depending on how long you can hold your grip strength can determine like how old your like biological years are. Mm. So it's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, so everything that he says, so we, we got to break it down, right? So movement and then like biohacking stuff and then like supplements. So as far as like movement, yes, obviously you need to work out um, to build, you know, skeletal muscle. You need that. Why is that important? Because if, as you f- as you get older, people die when they fall. Mm-hmm. And it sounds dumb for a young person because like d- young people fall all the time. It's like whatever. Like why would I die if I fell? But as you get older and more brittle, if you break your hip, you can't move anymore. Your blood doesn't circulate. And now you have a whole host of problems. It's kind of like a car. If one thing goes wrong, then if you don't get that fixed, the next thing goes wrong. And before you know it, the car blows up. So it is important as you get older to work out, you should always be working out and not to be like a bodybuilder. You just want to put on some, some type of muscle, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, so that, that would be one. I think cardio is, is extremely important. 
I do fast cardio every morning. I have a walking pad right here in my condo that I literally wake up. I take my EAAs and I, I put on like white Lotus or whatever I'm watching at the time. And I go walk on the pad. I, I saw walk. that. I was going to ask you about yeah. that. That looks so cool. Yeah. I walk in every single morning. Yeah. It's amazing. It's like $600 best investment I've ever bought in my entire life. I'm writing that down. It's important because one, I don't have to drive to the gym. Mm-hmm. I wake up, I drink my drink, I put it on. I, second, I have my flat screen TV right in front of me so I can watch TV and I just walk on the thing. And then I'm saving time. I'm being more efficient. I'm not making that commute. And then the reason why I even bought it is because I went to the gym one time and I was running late for something. And I'm typically not running late because I'm very proactive in all aspects of life. I was running late. And I went to the gym and all the treadmills were filled. And I was so mad at, because I wasted my time driving five minutes to the gym. Then all the treadmills were filled. I couldn't wait around because I was like, well, if I do even 30 minutes of cardio, I would need to be, I need to get on like right now. And mm-hmm. you know, what am I going to say? Hey bro, how many more minutes you got? So I w- turned back around, wasted all that time and I never got the cardio. I said, fuck it. Since then I went online, I found one and bam, I bought it. And since then it's been game changer. Like all those commutes in the, and I go to the gym afterwards too so technically that'd be two drives to the gym if you calculate that over a year mm-hmm. you're probably spending what a couple of weeks just driving to the gym so with your cardio does it matter if you're doing like um like you said like walking or does it have to be like really intense running or sprints uh is there a difference long term for longevity yeah i i don't know actually the the details on that. I think they're both good. Mm-hmm. Um, fasted cardio is is good for losing weight. It's for very men. good. Uh, well, even for women too, you just have to drink EAAs. What's that? So it's essential amino acids, but it's okay. all, it's so it's like BCAs, but you're getting all the essential amino acids. The reason why you want that is so your, your muscles don't break down while you're in a fasted state. So when I say fasted, I don't mean like you're fasting like for two days. I mean like literally you ate dinner, you went to sleep, you woke up, and then you started walking, right? So it's more of like intermittent fasting. Well, yeah. So even intermittent fasting for a lot of women actually has a reverse effect. So unless you're very aware of where you are in your cycle and then you're properly aligning it with that that segment, like you can't do it all of the time. It would have to be when you're like least um, susceptible to stress. But most women, because we're our bodies are designed to give birth, like that's our number one priority. It's like if if you have too much cortisol, if, or if your body thinks that there's too much of um, an outside risk going on, you actually start storing a lot more fat. So if you're fat doing intermittent fasting or um, like fasted cardio. Some women do well on it, but a lot of women do not. So it's like if you want to play around with it, I think that's great. But just like keep a diary or a journal and like note how you feel and like um, whether or not you're you're losing muscle mass or fat and how for that's sure, yeah. stacking up. Because for me, I was like one of those women that was having a very adverse response, like not the idea of why I wanted to do, to do it. How long were you fasting? Because like how many women – eat dinner, wake up, and then don't eat for like two hours. Oh, I, yeah, I would do that. I'd have like black coffee and then go to the gym. Yeah, but like how many women that aren't even like focused on intermittent fasting, like they'll just wake up oh, and oh, not oh. eat breakfast for like an hour. Oh, a lot. And it's that's probably terrible for them. And that's probably yeah. why they have brain fog and a little yeah. bit of extra weight around like their arms and their belly and their thighs because yeah. that's all where you store your fat for breastfeeding and carrying a baby. Yeah. Um, so, so I don't I'm know sure. about women, yeah. The, but if you want to lose weight, the, the best thing that I've seen in a fasted state is um, I take a fat burner called Raul sign, 
which is like a very uh, it's a very buffered version of Johembein. Uh, it's not a good feeling. Like it's a very weird feeling. Johembein just you feel like yeah. Mm. But Raul sign is a more like cleaner version of that. But taking like Raul sign, the second you wake up taking Raul sign, drinking EAAs and doing fast cardio, like you will stay jacked and shred down so fast. It's ridiculous. Just ready to go. Yeah. Also, um, another thing too is even if you eat like a high carbohydrate meal after you eat, and obviously this is like super inconvenient, but walking 15 to 20 minutes after you eat anything uh, will drop the spike up to 50%, right? So if you eat like a bunch of sugar and you sit down versus you eat a bunch of sugar and go walk, you can like blunt that. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. Also on cheat days, and also blood sugars uh, for longevity, blood sugar, controlling your blood sugar is very important. Mm-hmm. I take a supplement called dihydroberberine. So it's berberine, but it's considered super berberine because it absorbs it absorbs way more and it just utilizes better. Your body actually takes dihydroberberine because it's more absorbable and then converts it into regular berberine. But berberine basically blocks your uh, blood glucose levels from spiking. So if the reason why when you eat tons of sugar and carbs, when you eat that, your blood glucose goes to the roof, your insulin goes to the roof, and you store all that. Mm-hmm. Well, by taking super berberine, you block all of that. So on your next cheat day, if you don't want to store the fat and you don't want to feel like, you know, you don't want to feel, oh, man, I can't believe I ate that you know, bag of chips or whatever, you take dihydroberberine. I think there's only one company that sells it on Amazon. It's a green label. Dihydroberberine or super berberine. You take it 20 to 30 minutes prior to eating like high carbohydrates or high sugar. And you take that right before, uh, 20 minutes before, and then you can eat whatever you want. And you'll blunt that effect from storing. So it'll be just normal. That That's a that's a big hack that I've I found. Is that similar to um, metformin? Because I know there's a lot of studies or there were that were calling metformin the fountain of youth pill. And then they were also saying the benefits of um, keeping your blood sugar and glucose levels in check for longevity purposes. Yeah. So there's actually been studies, believe it or not, that they say that dihydroberberine outperforms metformin. Oh, wow. Yeah. But it's the same concept. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So are there any side effects um, with, how do you say it? Di... It's dihydroberberine. Yeah, just superberberine. Yeah. Superberberine. Okay. So no side effects that you know of. No, not that I know of, no. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. It actually outperformed metformin in the studies. Um, And it has the same, like, like you would take metformin and dihydroberberine for the same purpose. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. So I take metformin and and I didn't know any of this. I got, um, I have polycystic ovarian syndrome. So, um, Mm -hmm it helps with, with that. And I started taking it in early twenties. Um, mm-hmm. but one of the awful things, and I kind of like tend to not take it as much as I should during the summertime is it makes you really sensitive, um, to light. So you can sunburn really easy. And I noticed like my mm-hmm. skin was just not, it didn't have the pigment that it normally did just like natural baseline. Um, so I kind of like cycle on and off of that. So I, I'd be interested to try that to see if I can I, go I out, got out in the sun. I'm, I'm petrified of skin cancer and, uh, in aging. So I, uh, the last time I went out in the sun was, you know, thank God I'm like half Italian, so not completely pale. <laughs> so we got, um, weights, cardio, we have that, um, that supplement. Is there anything else that is part of your longevity protocol? Yeah. So there is one supplement, uh, astragulus that I take now there used to be a supplement. I think it was called T T two on Amazon. It was like four five hundred dollar supplement. Wow. And they were saying like all these all the scientific breakthrough of like 
basically blunting the shortage of your telomeres, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm sure you know about telomeres. Like you're, you're born with all these like amazing telomeres. And as you get older, they shorten and shorten and shorten. And then eventually you die, right? So if you can, scientists believe that if you can halt or blunt the, uh, you know, the telomere shrinking, then theoretically, you know, in theory, you would live longer, right? Because you're not aging, you're, you're blunting or hindering the aging process. Um, there was one study that kind of showed that astragalus, um, hindered telomere shortening. So there used to be a supplement and people would pay four or $500 uh, on Amazon to get it. And, uh, I, I guess it kind of lost some of the hype, but the active ingredient was astragalus and it cost like $20. So I take that just for, you know, just for uh, shits and giggles, just to make sure. Um, another one is that I take is ubiquitol, which I've is CoQ enzyme Tem's final version, right? So like when you take CoQ enzyme 10, it, your body has to convert it into ubiquitol. But as you get older, your body, it's very hard for your body to convert CoQ uh, Q enzyme 10 into ubiquitol. So I just like to take the final form. Um, and then there was this story, uh, PJ Braun, he was a, he's a, I don't know if he's still bodybuilding, but he's ex bodybuilder. And he had a guy that worked out that he worked out with that needed a heart transplant. And like his heart was completely screwed. And the doctor was like, well, we have hearts on the way, but you know, hopefully you live this long. Like we don't know if you'll last until you get your heart. So he just like mega dose ubiquitol, which is like super expensive because a bottle of ubiquitol is like 50, 50 bucks. And it's like a serving size is one capsule. And he was taking, which is like a hundred milligrams. He was taking 900 milligrams a day. Cause at that point it's like, who gives a shit about the money? You like, I just, I just don't want to die. Yeah. Um, so he did that for three months and his heart regenerated and was taken off the list and he never got a heart transplant. And Whoa. Yeah. So I take that, uh, I take a maintenance dose of 400 milligrams, which is four times the amount that is like the serving size, but it's like about half the size that he took just to make sure that my heart is perfect. Um, and ever since I heard that story, like it resonated with me. So I take ubiquitol. I take it from now, now supplements. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wrote that one down. Yeah. It's, so it's super expensive, but it's worth it. Yeah, as are most supplements, I think it's important to note that um, there's a lot of garbage out there. So you want to make sure that you're going with like a trusted brand yeah. that has third-party testing and it's not like a bunch of tea leaves in there because that does happen. Yeah, the best brands that I've found was Thorn. Thorn is one of the top brands um, for sports supplements, Gorilla Mind. And then now, now Nutrition is pretty good. But Thorn is like by far, if you can find a pure... Like if you're looking for a supplement and it's made by Thorn, that's the best one. They sponsor the UFC. The UFC has USADA testing. There's no like shenanigans. Like USADA tests everything, like peptides, everything. And Thorn is the is the one that sponsors the UFC. So all the UFC fighters take Thorn. Well, they're given Thorn. They probably are sponsored and take other stuff too. But that's the one that the UFC trusts. And the UFC's testing protocol is like by far outweighs every single other sports organization. Like it's not even close. But you, it's very hard to cheat in the UFC, like with taking steroids and peptides. So uh, Thorn is a very, very reputable brand. It's probably the best one I know of. Um, but I mean, there's there's a ton of them. But just to keep it simple, Thorn or Now Nutrition. Yeah, that's good to know. Um, 
so circling back to the telomeres, so I was um, – what book was it? It might have been one of these books I was reading on epigenetics, but it was saying one of the biggest effects on telomeres was stress and specifically any kind of trauma, and this can even happen in utero. So um, let's say you had a family member that was you know, going through one of the Nazi camps. like That would show up potentially three generations later, and you would actually have telomeres that were shorter at birth because of this. Um, and like you were saying, it's one of the one things that they can accurately test and know like your age, like as far as like your health span goes. So when it comes to stress reduction, do you have a protocol around that or how do you mitigate your levels of stress? Yeah. So back to hormones, like hormones play a huge role. And I'll give you an example. I knew a guy, he, um, he got recruited off of MySpace when he was 18 to do gay porn Mm -hmm. he didn't know it was gay porn he thought it was regular porn but you know they threw a bunch of money in his face and he's like whatever do it so that was like all he does and i still i'm pretty sure he still does it um he just wouldn't tell anyone and this guy was a beautiful man with jack giant tries giant traps uh perfect jawline just a great looking dude and he was just like hey just you know make sure you're like never bring that up like around girls or anything i was like yeah of course bro like why would I tell your business to other women? Um, but then, you know, then it gets, a, there's another slippery slope with that, but we, we talked about that last time. So this guy was doing steroids. He had a skinny body type. So he was an ectomorph. He had a skinny body type and he was scr- like a, just a scrawny dude. He started doing testosterone at 18, got jacked, but because he had a skinny body type, he was able to stay shredded, but but the test would fill out his muscles. So this guy was just a beast. He was 6'2", 6'2 and a half, or maybe 6'3". I remember I was hanging out with him, and he decided for whatever reason to stop. He would do that periodically. He's like, I'm done with this shit. I'm done taking tests. I'm just going to go natural. And his body would shrink. He'd go down. He'd probably lose 30 pounds at least of muscle. Um, minimal, 30 wow. pounds of muscle. Yeah. And... But what really f- screwed him up was his mindset. Like he was like depressed, drastically depressed. And you see that a lot with like hormones, like down regulation of hormones and low, low T and, you know, all these other hormones that you need. So I'm a firm believer in like stress is a direct correlation with like optimal hormones. I do believe that. Now, obviously there's other factors and genetic factors, trauma and all that stuff. Right. But I do think that Number one, you should be getting your blood work done, testing that. And I've been saying that forever. But after you test, then it's like, okay, what do we, what do, we do? And I, I do cold therapy and I do hot therapy. So every night I do the sauna, I work out, and then I do the sauna and I crank it uh, to the point where it's like that uncomfortable feeling, which is called dimorphin. So dimorphin is the same feeling that alcoholics get when they uh, try to quit drinking and you're and you literally are dying it's the same feeling that you get in the sun it's called dimorphin it's that very uncomfortable disgusting feeling where you want to get out but you're just pushing through it just like relentless juggernaut spartan like no i gotta do this and it's just this disgusting nasty dimorphin feeling that generates heat shock proteins which helps your body repair increases growth hormone etc and will increase your lifespan as well uh cold therapy there's been so, so many uh, studies on cold shock therapies and stuff and, and cold shock, um, uh, cold shock, uh, proteins. So I do a cold therapy and then I also do heat. I think heat's probably better for longevity. Cold is probably better for, I would say action and performance. Um, I don't think anything trumps the cold and then also, but, but for longevity, I would go heat, 
that's, that's one of the biggest things. And then meditative practice, uh, as well. I don't like to sit still. It's very hard for me to meditate. And, you know, you, you think, especially as an alpha male, that you'll lose your edge and you don't lose your edge, but you don't get as much stuff done. But there's a caveat, you get the right stuff done. So a lot of people like busy work, but you're not actually being efficient. And when you meditate, you start to realize what actually is important and you cut out and you start to slowly, because it's a process, you start to cut out um, a lot of the bullshit and the distractions. And I like to say, uh, whenever my friends uh, start giving me some bullshit distraction stuff that doesn't matter for our end result, I'm like, bro, don't get lost in the sauce. Let's go stay on track. And uh, so that, so, you know, he throws it back to me here and there. Um, but I, I think meditation is a, is a good thing. It doesn't matter. You can do TM, you can do traditional, uh, I think hot yoga, anything that you're like pushing your body to that limit. And, you know, and if you can, you know, create dimorphin, which is not a good feeling, but mm-hmm. that's what will, uh, will keep you going for sure. And, and help the longevity, right? You want to get like right to the point where you're going to die when you're young. And then you're like, oh, I'm just kidding. But your body doesn't know that. And now you have all that for me. Like I haven't got sick in like two years. Oh, wow. Yeah, like I, do, I barely get sick, and if I ever start to feel like a little like like a little sniffle, I I'll chew on like three cloves of raw garlic. It's absolutely disgusting, and I'll jump in the sun, and the next day I feel feel like a million dollars. Yeah, 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 disgusting. You have to you chew it, and like the garlic releases this like this chemical and it just like stings your mouth. So you got to swallow it. So I've like, sw- I would be chewing. I'm like, Oh shit. Swallow it real quick. It's just absolutely disgusting. I don't recommend anyone do, do it unless uh, they don't want to get sick when they're feeling sick. But the second I get a little tiny hint of like a little sniffles, like up, oh, Nope. Garlic and sauna. Oh yeah. Yeah. Every single time. There's this um really so I'm also very bad at meditating. It's something I avoid like the plague. I just I'm I need to move. I get very anxious if I'm sitting still, which I, means I need to meditate more. Like if I'm being honest with yeah. myself. You know what I mean? Like that's like my red flag. But um there's this app called Othership and they actually have a location, I think it it's open in New York City, but it's it incorporates a lot of uh, music and movement and it's still a lot of breath work. So you're getting the benefits of that meditative experience. But for someone like me, who's like a little bit more fidgety, I think it's a really good app for people to check out. You know, what I just realized is I think a really good idea would would to do some type of meditation practice with gr- like groups of people, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about this, you think about the gym. People love going to the gym because it's a group activity. You know, guys like it because you see some hot girls. Girls like it because they see their friends and vice versa. But the, the point is it's a giant group activity. You look forward to communicating with people, right? Mm-hmm. Versus you take away the gym and now let's say you live in an apartment complex and you're now you can only work out in a gym in your apartment complex that nobody goes to. I would probably say 75% of people would not push as hard as they do when they go to a gym with other human beings around them, right? When you think of meditation practices, meditation, you do by yourself. It's you versus you. And there's not that group activity. It's not the Pilates where the music's playing, everyone's high-fiving, right? They do that with yoga, right? How many people are more successful at doing yoga than meditation? So I think if someone's really struggling and they really want to take it serious, I'm sure you could find some some group meditate meditative practices, and I think you'll have a higher probability of success if you're not if you're not the most self disciplined person. 
Yeah, Othership has a couple locations and they do those group classes. So it'll be like a giant sauna and a bunch of people in there and they have the lights going, yeah, the music perfect. bumping. Um, they have lines of cold plunges that people can get in. So it's for people that want that sense of community. Um, the founder actually created the concept during COVID and he had like a sauna and a cold plunge and people were just coming to his garage and he's like, wait, I think we have something here because community is a huge factor. And if you want to tie it all together, they do believe that that there's this one island in Japan and it's known for like the most um, hundred year olds at any given time. And Mm -hmm. they think it's because of that sense of purpose and that sense of community. And that just shows how important it is to have those social bonds and to make sure that you're investing in that too. Because I know so many young men specifically that they feel like um, personal time is a waste of time and that they constantly need to be hustling. But you have to look after yourself too, because if you're not full, like if your cup's not full, your projects aren't going to come through to fruition either. So I think it's really important to always have nuance and connection and to be watering those plants as well. I'm not just solely mission focused. So important. Yeah. I'm in the process of buying a warehouse and that's kind of like my goal is to create this massive like warehouse community, like the Rob Deer Deck Fantasy Factory, (laughs) but for all biohacking, right? So I'll have my podcast studio there. I'll have my cold plunge, my meditation room, my boxing, my boxing room, my jujitsu, my wrestling room. I'll have my weightlifting I'll have a pool. I'll have everything. It would just be a complete biohacking. My hyperbaric chamber, um, you know, just all the crazy stuff, the sensory deprivation tank, the float tank, all these different things. And um, that's kind of like my goal, right? Uh, Of course, you know, acquiring wealth is good. You know, you you drive nice cars, you buy nice houses, whatever. But like, that's like, if you talk about like, forget about money, just like my passion, what I want, it would be like, yeah, what kind of what we're looking into a couple million dollars of, of a warehouse and then just making like a huge biohacking facility and then uh you know who knows maybe turn into a business for like high high level entrepreneurs and high level people like a club. Uh, but as of now just hobby hobbies yeah yeah no that sounds way better than like soho house i'd sign up for that way before <laughs> that you kidding me like an overcrowded like hotel room full of just people that are snobs i'd rather do that so you could there's definitely something there yeah, it's just a lot of overhead. And so instead of doing it for a profit, I want to do it for me. So I'm like, if I lose money, it's not really losing money. It's like I'm doing it for for me and my friends. Uh, I, I feel like once you turn it into a business, now you're looking at it in a different lens, right? Maybe mm-hmm. it would be like selective people where it, you pay, I don't know, you pay like $50,000 a year and it's only the elite people can afford it. And only the elite people are accepted. You have to go through an application pro- process. Because uh, I don't want any average Joe laying in my uh, float tank naked. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. There's like a certain level of germs that I'm also not comfortable with. So I get yeah, that. Like Joe Rogan had a float tank and Brendan Schaub jerked off in it. Like, I don't want that. Uh, no way. No way. Get better friends. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, you know what's interesting? So we – I think – I've never done a hyperbaric chamber. We used to have them in North Carolina, and then it's recently been made illegal to have them unless they're in the hospital. So there's this whole conspiracy theory going on, which is that the insurance companies kind of helped make this happen because you can go – you used to be able to go to like a little cryo center and then for like, you know, 25, 50 bucks, go in and get the benefits that you needed and come out. Um, now you have to go through insurance and it's way more costly. It's way more inconvenient. And they're saying it's because of a fire hazard. I'm like, that doesn't make 
any sense to me. Um, I didn't know if you heard that hap- of that happening. So hyperbaric chamber is the only thing scientifically proven to actually reverse aging, even like metformin and all the stuff. It's the only thing that's been proven to actually reverse it. We've been able to halt aging. We've been able to stop certain things, kind of, in theory, but we've never been able to actually reverse it. And hyperbaric chamber is the only thing as of now that has done that. So that that that, that kind of sucks that um, they would make that illegal. Yeah, I know. I'm going to have to like try to sneak into some of these places that still have it because now they're like, well, what do we do with these machines? You know what I mean? Like we bought this for our business and now you tell us we can't have it, which makes, again, it makes no sense that it's more of a fire hazard than anything else that they have in those for studios. Sure. I mean, the true warriors like yourself, you know, you're going to just, you just go to South Carolina or you go to Virginia, you know, you just, you just get out of there. Right. Just like stem cells. I, I plan on going to Panama and getting, um, different types of stem cells that are not legal in the States to do for whatever reason. But, you know, and I'm, I'm actually really excited about that too, stem cell research. So so what were you looking at the stem cells for, like for your joints or? No, just overall like vitality. So it's literally like an IV and it's umbilical cord stem cells, which is not legal in the States. Oh, interesting. So I think they, they can do placenta stem cells uh-huh. um, and they're, they're able to do different ones now, but the umbilical cord ones uh, as of now are, tend to be like the most potent and you do, literally do it as like an IV. It's uh, yeah. So uh, Panama and I think Tijuana, there's a place in Tijuana that is ran by a doctor out of Texas. Oh, interesting. It, it is kind of, I was, I was watching this video and they were saying that the hospitals sell the placenta and, you know, fa- anyone listening, fact check me all day. This is just something that I read. So I don't know, or saw this. So I don't know if it's this is not medical true. advice. No, it, no none of this is medical is advice. This is just two people talking. <laughs> um, but that hospitals can sell the placenta and the cord for like upwards of $50,000, which I mean, I kind of believe um, I banked mine because I'm like, I don't know where science is going to be in five, 10, 20 years. So I right. banked mine. Mine's in Arizona on, in a freezer right now from my children. <laughs> but it is interesting that like right across the border, you can have something that isn't hurting anyone. Like it's already out of the body. There's no other use for it. And if it doesn't do any harm, I don't know. That kind of stuff always makes me wonder how much of this is for insurance purposes and kind of keeping people a little bit sicker than they need to be versus trying to create um, a different way of looking at health instead of like paying for when you get sick. It's like, how do I pay to stay healthy? Do you know what Mm. I mean? No, I, and I agree with you, but come on, Candace, that would be a bad business model. Would it though? Because some of those longevity studios are outrageous with how much the annual fees are. Yeah. The problem is like you can't tap into insurance and the average Joe is not going to be able to afford that. It's kind of like it is now. Mm -hmm. If you have a problem, you know, if you really have a problem and you have money, you can go to Germany, you can go to Dubai, you can go to all these countries and get it fixed. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I remember hearing something similar in Dubai. If you have a tumor cell, there's hundreds of different types of chemo that you can do here. There's, they only do one or two in Dubai. They take your tumor and they take a piece out. And they test it on hundreds of different chemos to see which one reacts and kills the tumor. Whichever one reacts to that tumor, that's the one that they use instead of guessing. Mm. So, and this is only for wealthy people, right? So it's going to be the same, you know, it's going to be the same dichotomy is if you're rich and you're wealthy, you're going to be able to move around. And plus, if you're rich and you're wealthy, 
nine times out of 10, you're, you're pretty crafty. You're not going to just sit around. You're going to go after it and get shit done. Um, but majority of people, not even just Americans, majority of people in America, they're not going to be able to do that, nor are they even capable of knowing the information. And, you know, they're just trying to pay their bills and they got kids at home and their wife's screaming at them and then their husband's not doing this. And then, you know, their boss is a dickhead. Like they don't have time to do anything. You know, a lot of these and 99% of people that have nine to five jobs. So it, again, it would be great, but it's kind of, it would be in the same boat, right? Cause these people are not going to be able to afford th- that type of treatment anyway. So it's like, what do they do? Well, I guess that, yeah, it comes back to just being proactive and, t- uh, and taking care of your mind and your body before anything goes wrong. Because I mean, when it does, the system is not made to be easy or to help you. I mean, again, as someone who has chronic autoimmune issues, I get, enraged with the insurance and hospital system. Like it is so obviously a money grab. And I actually just fired my endocrinologist because of how they were treating me with my appointments and my medication. I'm like, you like absolutely do not care how my thyroid is. You don't care what my levels are. They were trying to have me come in without having an up-to-date panel. And I was like, what is what am I coming in for if you don't have my labs? I don't understand. Like if you don't have my labs, how are you going to help me or or tell me if I my medication needs adjustment? Like you are you going to look at me and tell me if I've got um like f- markers in my thyroid right now, like active markers and I didn't know you were that skilled. I didn't know that you know we were X-Men. And they were like, well, that's, that. that's not why. And I was like, you guys are fired. I'm finding someone else. This is absurd. You're out. You're out of the circle. You're out. <laughs> so I tell my friends, anytime my friend, my friends say some dumb shit, I go, you're out. You're out of the circle. <laughs> <laughs> How do they work their way back in? No, you're done. You're done for life. Mm. Short, we have a, we hard, hardcore rules over here. Oh, there's no room for grace. Nope. You're done. Uh, no, I, no, no, no. Okay. So, I just actually just had this conversation with my buddy because um, he's like calling me. Uh, he's, a, he's a kickboxer, but he's like, hey, you know, Justin, I need help with uh, this girl or whatever. So, you know. So anyways, he's a mess. Like everything that girls don't want, he does. So I'm trying to tell him like what to do. And then, you know, he's not, you know, he's a kickboxer. So let's just say he had to retire because of brain damage. So, you know, I'm trying to work with him. Um, you know, he's a good he's a good guy, but. I was trying to tell him all these things and uh, he's like, oh, well, because this girl he was with and then they broke up or whatever. And then she's kind of like dogging him or whatever. But it's just because he's just not a high value male. And I told him that I was like, listen, bro, you know, I love you, but you're not a high value male. Like I wouldn't date you if I was a girl. Like, why would you expect any girl to date you? You don't bring anything to the table. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, people can change. And I said, yeah. He's like, I think it's messed up that people can't change their opinion. He's like, so this girl's going to think this way. And I said, number one, she's going to think of whatever way she thinks of you for at least a year. And the only way she changes her mind is if you don't talk to her and if you are undeniably a different person, like you completely do a life altering shift and it's a year later. So you need time no communication, and then you need a completely different life. So she's like, oh, my God, like, who are you? And then you're like, boom, you turned your life around, kind of like in Limitless. See, everything comes back to Limitless. <laughs> he was a loser. He was a loser author, and then he took the pill, and he starts learning Italian, and he gets back with his girlfriend. She's like, wow, you were a loser. Now you're now they're this amazing man. But I told him that. He's like, well, I think it's kind of messed up that people judge you, and then, and then they, like – 
they don't understand that people can change. I said, bro, you realize that changing anything is hard. Mm-hmm. I was like, have you ever had a bad habit? And he's like, yeah. And I said, okay, you've had a bad habit. Great. Have you consciously tried to fix that bad habit? Yeah. Did you relapse and mess up? And even when you're consciously trying to fix those bad habits, you still made them? Yeah. I was like, exactly. So my point is changing, actually changing is hard as fuck. It is hard. You're not going to change. Most people at the age of 30 will be the will be that way forever. You have to go over the top to try to change your natural behavior or however you are programmed up until the age of when your brain was developed. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, there's a reason why people judge you on your past behaviors because typically you don't change. So it's actually a good thing because that's a survival mechanism to know not to get with a loser. And right. I told him that. And he's just like, oh. He's like, well, can you hire me? <laughs> I was like, I don't hire friends, bro. I don't give friends money and I don't hire them. That's so wise. Yeah. Most of the times, most of the time when I've done that, I've later regretted it because it creates like a really weird situation. I'd rather give you money than, than loan you money. Oh, well, yeah. I oh, I don't believe in loaning because I just, I go into it assuming I'm not going to get paid back. And then that way there's like no bad blood between anybody. Exactly. And if they pay me back, then that's great. But like I never give what I do. I don't expect to not ever receive back. Um, exactly. So when it comes to, because you hear that term high value man a lot, and you hear that when, with women as well, like high value women. So what is your definition of a high value man? So th- there's a lot on how to identify a, a high value male, right? It's like mm-hmm. your personality, who you are as, as a person, and then we can get into like looks and what you bring to the table, right? I think it was on the dating apps, they did a study that like 5% of the guys get 85% of the women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not a coincidence. That's because women like high value men, period. Right. So we can go into the different parameters of what you identify as a man or a a high value man. So off the bat, we have to we have to address surface level thinking. Right. If I see Candace at a club and you're looking for a guy or you're open for a guy and you see me, you're not going to know how awesome Justin is that he can play the piano and he can sing and he can dance and he can do this and he can do that. And he, oh my God, he's so romantic. And do you know, he knows a lot about engines. No, you don't know shit. The only thing you know is hot or not. <laughs> that's it. You remember that that's website? Fa- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the free Facebook. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only thing you know is hot or not. So all these people like all oh, personality and all this stuff. Yes. That part comes later, but cut the shit. If the guy is not sexually hot to the woman, the woman is not going to go up to them. Now, I'm not saying it's impossible to get that woman because she might not like you in the beginning, but you can kind of smooth her over later. You can grow on her. Um, you know, I've, I've been in situations where a girl was like kind of into me, but not super into me. And then I grew on her and now she's like obsessed with me. But typically when you don't, when you meet someone their first impression, they see you, it's based off of physical attraction, right? So now that we've said that, besides height, um, which you're kind of just born with, so I feel bad for the short guys uh, that can't do anything about it, but besides height, girls like guys with broad shoulders. They like guys that work out. They like guys that have full head of hair. They like bone structure. They like certain things like that, right? For looks-wise. Then it's besides the looks, it's what you have. So like what kind of car do you have? And it's not so much that they're a gold digger. It's the fact that they feel that you can secure their life. So if they have a kid or they're pregnant for 12 months or nine months, sorry, can't do math. They're pregnant for nine months. 
then they know that you'll be able to provide for them, right? That's why girls like guys with money. Not necessarily that every girl's a gold digger, but it means that this guy is a warrior and he's motivated to bring food back to the tribe and provide for the women and children. So, and nowadays we don't have to hunt for food and bring it back to the tribe. Now we just make money and buy food. So it's the same concept, just a, it's a different material, but it's the same uh, core principles. So that's number one. So you need to get your finances up. You need to make as much money as, as possible um, and put yourself in the highest probability of success. You need to work out. You need to eat healthy. You need to be sharp. You need to learn how to talk to people. Uh, you know, no girl wants to date a guy that's just a blank slate. No girl wants to date a guy that's a stiff pickle, right? You want to date someone that is witty and goes back and forth with you, right? It's very hard. Some people are natural talkers and some people are terrible at talking. And those guys, I, I recommend that you just have a guy on standby that texts for you and never call her because you're going to say something and mess it up like three word answers. So I, these are all the obvious things that we know. Um, after that, I would say once you get past the superficial part of it, right? Cause the superficial part is important for women and, and guys, well guys, it's hundred percent superficial. If she's hot, it doesn't matter what career she has, how smart she is. It doesn't matter. If she's hot. I want to bang her. That's, that's just how it works with women. Women look for all these things up front, even the superficial stuff that they look at. It's still like, okay, what kind of job does he have? What kind of education did he have? Is he intelligent? Is he this where guys are just like, oh my God, she's so hot. I want to have sex with her. Do, nothing else matters. I don't care where she came from. So that's the difference between guys and girls. Um, once you get past the superficial stage, then you want to, assuming you attract the opposite sex, now you want to become a good partner and you want to keep them, right? Well, getting a high value woman is, it's not easy, but keeping a high value woman is even harder. So, uh, and it's not just providing with money. Obviously, finances make a difference and not having finances will ruin your relationship. But that's not all. It's also being trustworthy, having good communication skills, being able to say no. You'd be surprised how many fuckers can't say no. Mm -hmm. They just can't say no. I learned this a long time ago. My dad told me this and he learned this from this very wise guy and uh, this very rich guy. He says, just say no. If you can't do it, just say no. Don't straight up. No, because if you have a hard time saying no, then you're going to back out and you're going to feel inclined. And then people are going to wonder why isn't Candace here or why did you cancel? And then all these things get messed up. Just say no. And the reason why that's relative to this is it's about communication. You have to communicate with your partner. You have to communicate with the opposite sex. It's all about communication, especially when you're in a relationship or you're dating or whatever. It's all about good communication. Mm -hmm. So I would say a high value male is a superficial stuff for sure. Intelligence, all that, which I, I still think intelligence is superficial. And then your communication skills, how much you actually care about the person, being able to provide for that person. Um, and then I would say reasoning with a with a with a woman is is very important too. Uh, I know a lot of guys they go into these rages and they're just like ah, and then they leave. It's yeah. also reasoning. It's pull. It's push and pull, right? It's like okay, listen, you don't like this. I don't see why you don't like this, but it doesn't matter what Justin feels. If Candace doesn't like it, then I'm going to change it because Candace doesn't like it. Period. I might think what you're saying to me is dumb. I might think that's the stupidest thing in the world. Why would you care if I talk to a uh, a girl like that? Well, it's disrespectful. Well, I don't feel like it's disrespectful. I'm not fucking her. I'm not going after her. I'm not pursuing her. We're just hanging out. Well, I feel disrespected. And that's when you go, okay, well, your core values, that's disrespectful. For my core values, it's not. 
But if I want to hold this boat together, I need to compromise myself and, and we all need to come to the same playing field and then change. And then the biggest thing of a high value male is when you say you're going to do something, fucking do it and don't go backwards. Don't do it for two weeks. Don't do it for a month and then do the same bullshit because that's not a high value male. That's a guy that talks with no action. And that's a guy that I don't trust. So I would say those are some of the top things. No, I agree with a lot of that. I think um, I hate that what I see in the younger generation is this emphasis on being financially established at a really young age because it is the time that you're building. So for me, when I was younger and I was looking for a partner and like one of the things, honestly, that I found the most attractive and sexy about my now husband, um, we were like just in the beginning of dating, like super early stages. And I got to his house and um, knocked and no one answered. So I just like let myself in and walked back to his bedroom. He had like, you know, three or four roommates at the time. And he's sitting on the bed reading a book. Like, not like some stupid book. Like, he was reading a quantum physics book. And I was like, I'm in love. Like, and he, like, he is such a reader, such an intellect. Like, that's what makes him happy is constantly learning and growing. And he was broke as shit. Like I said, he had four roommates. He had a broken, like, old Nissan. So, I mean, he was starting a business, like, you know, and it was on its, on its, in, in in its infancy, um, he had like a college bar. So like he was doing something that was probably like more than most guys his age. He was like 25 at the time. Um, but yeah, it was like I saw the potential and I saw the drive and I saw like his curiosities. And for me, it was like that is so attractive. Not someone who's just interested in, you know, sleeping around and getting hammered drunk and just wants to like land themselves at an office cubicle with like no – no vision for the future like he wanted to do these like big impossible things and to me the idea of being able to build with somebody just seemed magical like i didn't i didn't need him to have it already but what i see a lot now mm-hmm. is like you have to have this you know ferrari and you have to be making at least 100k before i even consider it i'm like what are you taught that's a that's a lot for a young person like does the, does he have the potential to do that and do you want to build yeah. it with him and to me i think that's important too yeah well you're a good woman you know oh thank you and i hope that maybe more women will maybe see it that way because then i feel like you kind of um you like fortify the relationship too in a way that you couldn't do it before so if like imagine you meet someone right out of college you guys are both 22 and you're trying to bootstrap your dreams together and guess what? You fucking do it and you become worth, you know, multi millions, millions and millions of dollars. You never have to guess if that person's in it for the right reasons or not. Like, no, you were there when we were eating ramen. So like you're my mm-hmm. ride or die versus this young, pretty little thing that comes because you have these shiny things. And that's great. Like I get it. Guys like want to mm-hmm. hook up and we're in this hookup culture. So that's maybe like attractive to them. But when you're looking for a life partner, you want some substance. I don't care what Andrew Tate says. He's like, oh, I would date a robot. No, you wouldn't. Like, no, you wouldn't. You would be bored to death because beauty fades and it gets really boring if you have a revolving door of young things. So, I mean, look at George Clooney, right? He's a, the godfather of this example. Even he settled Started down family and at 55. had kids. You know yeah, what I he's mean? the best. Marries an Italian model at 55 and uh, starts a family. And 
at the same time creates a billion dollar tequila brand. Right. He, uh, he, he did it better than anybody. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's true. Um, I was, I tell people all the time that like some of my friends they're they don't want a girlfriend anytime soon. I'm like, yeah, you, it's all about, obviously it's all about looks. You're just hooking up. You're just having sex and that's it. Right. But when you're looking for a life partner, you know, intelligence matters. You need to find these unicorns in the rough. And you know, that's why I'm extremely picky. And a lot of my friends are extremely picky because having sex with a random girl and, and finding a girl to sleep with is super easy. There's a million hot girls. Like I live in Florida. There's hot girls galore. It's every, you go outside. I see 10 hot girls walk past me every day. Right. And on top of all, everyone that I know already, which I know everyone in the city as it, as it is, um, but when you're finding a life partner, it's not just about looks. It's about intelligence. It's about everything. There's so many different things that that go into the picture. So, yeah, um, with the reading thing, I, so it's, it's funny because I I read every night, and then I would I would read, and girls would come and be like, "Oh, what you're reading? Oh, that's that's interesting." And I've never heard a girl say like reading is unattractive. But I will tell you, there's a lot of ugly dudes that read that no one cares about. So. My point is, is you got to have it all. You can't <laughs> like the reason why you, <laughs> I know some guys like, God damn it. I read every time. No one looks at me. The reason why your, your husband was attracted. The reason why your husband was attracted to you or you were attracted to your husband because he was reading. It was reading, but it wasn't just reading. It was because he was reading. So I don't want to misconstrue because there's a lot of bullshit out there where girls like, oh, oh man, I just want a nice guy that reads and loves this shit. Yeah, they do. But he also has to be hot. So don't forget <laughs> about it. Okay. Girls, they need to change that quote where like, I just want a guy that reads and is, is into his feelings and cares. They need to change that. And they want to, they need to say, I just want a hot, attractive guy that reads. That's So it's not just reading. You're not going to get girls if you just go to Barnes Noble and start reading, right? But if you're a hot dude and you start reading now, you're like killing the game. So, but my point is, is it's not just one, it's just, it's not one thing. You just do one thing. You start reading, you get hot chicks. You start working out, you get hot chicks, right? I know tons of rich dudes that get no chicks. So you have to have it all. You have to have it stack and you, and you have to have these things and you have to be intelligent, but you also have to work out. You also have to look good and take pride in your appearance. So guys, I, I just want to make it very clear that, it's not the reading that's hot. It's the re the person that's reading, which makes it hot because they're reading. Yeah, it's both. It's both, though, because <laughs> if you with men and, you know, this is, again, maybe just from like a woman's perspective, but yeah. you could be a 10 and have a ton of money, all of the things. But if you're like a dunce. I, yeah, like, yeah, I, I yeah, can't, yeah. you know what I mean? And 100%. you could have two identical dudes. And if one, at least again, this is my personal taste take. If one is like reading it or more of an intellect and I'm like, Oh, that one's interesting to me. That one's not. So it's, it's just like balancing out all of the categories. For sure. But these are all like common things that every woman likes. Like no girl's going to be like, you know what? I really don't want a guy that's smart. You know, it's just like, I really want a guy that's yeah. not that educated. Like it's, it's like also like, I really want a short guy. I'm really looking for that five, six dude. Some yep. people like those short Kings. Those people need to be uh, <laughs> interviewed by interviewed by an agency. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're on the spectrum. I don't oh trust my them. Goodness. No, I think, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's important to me to be well-rounded and yeah, I'm thinking most attraction is, 
objective. And I know that's really controversial yeah. to say. But, but I'll prove it to you right now. Candace, I'll prove it to you right now. Mm-hmm. How many times have you been to Barnes and Nobles and you saw a guy and didn't think anything about him? You just kept walking. Um, Most of the time. But I think I don't know why it is. It's like most men, maybe they were taught not to put effort into how they look like like that was too feminine but it's not it's it just it shows me that you take a minute that you're not like someone who rushes through things that you're detail oriented you take pride in yourself you probably are healthy like it says a lot more than something superficial but like you mentioned like how many dudes do a skincare routine i mean you're right i had to get my husband on it it took me yeah. 5 years to get him to even just like you know consistently use a moisturizer but now he can't go without it he's like okay this is my like it's important for me to take care of my skin. Um, but yeah, I think like men need to kind of get more comfortable with the idea of how you, of your aesthetic, right? And that, again, it's not vain. It, it, it projects something so much deeper than, oh, I have a nice jacket. How you do one thing is how you do everything. Absolutely. Anytime I go to a girl's house, anytime I used to go to a girl's house and I would see a uh, messy bathroom, dirty car, dirty girl, I'm out. And chip fingernails, like, Mm-hmm. No, I'm out. How you do one thing is how you do everything. So, um, you know, I, I'm like super anal with that. I, I look at everything. Uh, I don't know if every guy does that, but I do. No, I think a lot of people do. When we um, hire, one of the first things we do is like check out their car. Like my husband would like go out to pretend to let yeah. dogs out and he'd poke his head in to see how clean it was because again, yeah. that's like your inner state. Like it, you yeah. are going to be internally chaotic if your environment is and that is just a no-go. Yep. And that's my point though. But my point is how many guys have you seen at Barnes and Nobles and you're like, eh, and you kept walking, right? Mm-hmm. The point is you got to be well-rounded. Yeah. And so there's a lot of guys listening to this right now at Barnes and Nobles and girls just walk past him and didn't even think <laughs> twice. Doesn't even know he exists. Doesn't know that his name is Todd. Doesn't know that he's from Nebraska. Doesn't know anything. She just walked by. She's on. She's going on with her day. And so I want to make it clear that it's not just the reading, Mm -hmm. it's everything. But once you're a high value male and you stack the reading, you for me, you know, I read, but I also play instruments and I sing and it's like, these are stackers, right? But you have to have the core principles and health is one of the main things. Okay. So is that where you would have someone kind of be their jump off point is taking care of their health, like start there and then build off of that? That's that's the only thing you can do right now. You Mm -hmm. can't get rich right now. You can't learn how to play piano right now. You can't learn how to speak Portuguese right now. Uh, you can't even build 20 pounds of muscle right now, but you can change your diet right now. Yeah. You can cut out all the bullshit right now. You can do sauna right now. You can do cold plunge right now. You can go run outside right now, and that will get the momentum going. So anytime I see someone that's in the funk, I always look at their diet and their exercise routine because that's something you you can start right now. And then it's like momentum. Like Tony Robbins says, progress equals happiness. It doesn't matter if you're the CEO of Microsoft or you work at 7-Eleven. Anytime you're moving up in whatever you do in progress, you look a little bigger. You got a little skinnier. You're learning a couple more words of Spanish. You know, you got a better car and now I have a BMW. I used to have a Mustang. Now I have a BMW. Maybe next year I'll have a McLaren. Any, it doesn't matter what it is. Progress equals happiness. And that's why, you know, we have so much stuff that's built. That's what humans are made to do is build and build and build. It's because of progress. We build on that. We build on that. And then we die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you progress <laughs> until you stop. And then when you stop, you absolutely, when you're not, never not growing, uh, you're dying. Mm-hmm. The only time I'm stopping is when I'm dying. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's the whole point. That's what makes I, I truly believe if people were just motivated to continuously build and to continuously increase something of their life, the lifespans would drastically, drastically increase. How many people have you heard that once they retire two weeks later, uh, they die or two months or two years later, they die. Uh, my grandma was perfect health, perfect health. Her, my grandfather died. Her sole purpose for the last 30 years of her life before she died, because she was retired was to take care of my grandfather. Grandfather died. She didn't want to live anymore. She literally said, I don't want to live anymore. I want to be with my husband. She literally told me that she's like, I want to be with my husband. Guess what? She was in perfect health. Everything. Uh, six months later, she died. Oh, that's so heartbreaking. Yep. So she didn't have a purpose and the body dies. If you don't have, if you're not fighting for something, you're, you're, you're dying for something. And, I, uh, yeah. no, I think, I mean, yeah, you, you absolutely nailed that. I think that's why, um, anytime I hear someone say they can't wait to retire and do nothing, I'm like, that is your death sentence. Death. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you don't death. know what you're saying you want. That is the worst thing you could possibly do. Oh yeah. yeah that's pretty, so sad. pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, it was part of life. Like, obviously I didn't want my grandma to die, but in hindsight, I'm like, well, you know, she was like miserable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I can't and imagine. I'm not, and I'm not hanging out with her every day. I have my own life. So it's kind of like selfish for me to be upset for something that she wanted, even though I don't get to see her. So it's like one of those things. So do you have, um, like a gratitude practice that you do? I, I, have to admit that that's one thing that I do lack. I'm going to, so I think it's really important, especially if you're someone that's like super driven, like you are, that's constantly trying yeah. to grow and get like the, get bigger, better, faster, stronger, all of those things. I think that's amazing because I do agree. I think if you're not growing, you're dying. So I think it's important in some facet of your life that you're constantly expanding. But I think that it can be um, like intoxicating and then also a little bit, uh, like you kind of become in like this bubble where you're in a state of wanting instead of stopping and breathing. Right. No, so no, I'm going to sure. challenge you to, to oh, shit. I'm, yeah, I'm challenging <laughs> you that every night before you go to bed, try it for like a week to list three different things every night that you're truly grateful for. Get creative and like spend a minute at least on each one and like feel it and appreciate mm-hmm. it and then move on. And I'd be curious, like if you feel yeah, any I'll different. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely something that I've lacked. I always felt like I'd lose my edge, right? No. It's kind of, it's kind of like when you get something, you're like, Oh, I won. And then you kind of lose that hunger. It's like a, it's a, kind of like a fighter that's mm-hmm. like comes from poverty. It's like fighting in dirty gyms. And then he comes up and now he wins his first match, makes some money, but he's not the champ. And then he becomes the champ. And then three years later, he's the champ. And now he gets lazy and he kind of gets a little fat. And now he has the mansion and the cars and he has, you know, and, and he can do whatever he wants. I always felt like, you know, if, if I'm like, if I did some type of practice like that, I would be, I would, I would have basically telling myself that I made it and, and I'm scared to like lose that edge. Um, but, but, I do know the importance of it. So I'm going to try it. I'll let you know. Yeah, I'm I'm super curious because that is a common misconception. I don't think it'll take an edge away at all. I feel like even from like a spiritual level or if you want to like make it more scientific and talk about quantum level and you talk about entanglement, it's like when you open up that space or that vibration of gratitude, it's like, okay, now I can have more. Like you appreciate so you can have more. So you're actually like creating more room to like get bigger, better, faster, stronger, all of those things. So I feel like it'll actually add to your edge instead of taking it away because – for me, 
you can do the same thing with different energies. And if one is coming out of a place of scarcity or lack, then that's like what you're going to ultimately have and constantly feel where if the other ones is coming from like giving abundance and service, then you're going to be in a position of like always receiving. Does that make sense? No, I, I 100% agree with you. And it's a perfect time because at nighttime I do the sauna because mm-hmm. that's a great way to do it. And I, yeah, in the sun, yeah, except for my condo building, I might have someone sit next to me. They're going to think I'm a weirdo or your chance. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm in the sauna. So, so I always do that at nighttime. So yeah, I think that would be a perfect place to do it. Awesome. Yeah. Or, or right after I'll be in like a good state of mind. Yeah. I'm going to check back in with you. I Honestly, I have gratitude once I get out of that sauna with <laughs> all the dimorphin. I'm just like, oh, cold Thank air. I just, sometimes, sometimes I'll be in there for 30 minutes, take a 10 minute break, going for another 30 minutes at 200 degrees. I'm cranking it, mm-hmm. and uh, like I'm on the verge of death every night. And sometimes I'll just sit out by the pool, and it's nice, cool. It's not even that cool of air because I'm here in Florida, but it's cool compared to 200 degrees, and or not 200 degrees, sorry, 100 degrees. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, no, actually, no, 200 degrees. Sorry. And I go outside, and I'm like. Oh man, this is an amazing feeling. So I don't, I don't have ne- necessarily gratitude of specific things, but I'm, a, I'm but I'm happy. I, I'm in a gratitude, I'm in a gratitude state of feeling that I'm out of the sauna and not dying anymore. The cool but air. Do, we could write that down. The cool air. Yeah, yeah. A yeah. oh, cool air, man. Yeah, you can get couple, super specific. There's a couple good feelings in the world and there's there's a lot of good feelings in the world. And top two, one is when you're on a long car, car ride and you have to pee really bad and you, and you take a piss finally. And two is when you get out of a burning hot sauna and you sit outside and the wind's blowing. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite in a hot yoga class when they crack the door and you feel that quick br- yeah, breeze right. and relief. Oh my gosh, it's euphoric. Yeah, it's amazing. I just sit there and it's like quiet and you sometimes you hear people, you know, like they're watching TV. So you hear some stuff, they have their doors open and I live in the city. So you'll hear like, you know, cars go by, but Tampa is a relatively, you know, quieter city. It's, it's, it's a pretty, pretty solid city in that aspect. So yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite things to do and it's an amazing feeling, but I, I will implement a gratitude practice and I'll get back to you. Yay. I love to hear that. <laughs> well, um, I have to go breastfeed a baby. So <laughs> otherwise yeah. I would totally keep going. Cause I have pages yeah. that I wanted to get into, uh, into with you, but I'll definitely we'll, have we'll you do back a part on. two. We'll do a part two. Absolutely. I would love yeah, to I'll have a part two with it. you on my show as well. Perfect. Um, yeah. before we sign off, do you want to tell the listeners where they can find you, support you, follow you, all of that good stuff? Yeah, so I have a weekly podcast called The Justin Caviar Show. You can go on Apple, Spotify, all, all the different podcasting platforms, The Justin Caviar Show. And then um, I'm probably most relevant on Instagram. So just type in Justin Caviar on Instagram. And uh, yeah, if you have any questions uh, about you know, hormonal health or any t- way to optimize your uh, performance, then just uh, send me a message. I look at all my DMs, even the requested ones from people that I don't follow. And, uh, and yeah, that's the way to reach me. So Justin Caviar on all platforms forums and then the Justin Caviar show. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And I cannot wait to have you back on. Absolutely. I'll talk to you soon.